Imagine giving your testimony before governors, before presidents, before kings. How does Paul do it? Find out on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey, welcome to this episode of Inverse. We are closing out the book of Acts about, again, we got one more episode after this. Mm-hmm. We have been all over the Mediterranean. We followed <laughs> Paul, we followed Peter, and we're following all these people, and really we're tagging along with the Holy Spirit here. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully we're going to invite the Holy Spirit here and get into <laughs> the continual travels of Paul. So let's see, Kelly. Uh, no, Siku. No, Jared. Jared, can you pray for us? Uh, I'll be sure. All right. Pretty sure. Yeah, let's can you pray for us. All right, let's do it. Father in heaven, we pause in your presence, thanking you for your word Amen. and asking you that you'd give us wisdom as we read it, mm-hmm. that we would understand and apply. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I just love when we have our Bibles open and we're reading together, we're talking together, we're praying. There's a certain fellowship. I know we're all friends uh, off, off, off screen, yeah. but on screen. I mean, just there's just there's a lot that we have really gleaned through uh, these 13 or 12 weeks, or sometimes it feels like a whole year. Um, <laughs> let's go to a Bible verse. Let's go to Acts 26:29. And Callie, can you read that one for us? That's the apex yes. for this section. Acts 26 verse 29 says, and Paul said. I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me today might become both almost and altogether such as I am, except for these chains. Yeah, these concluding <laughs> chapters, you know, Paul is, is really put on the spot. And you kind of see the way that Paul is, is using this art of testimony. Siku, what's kind of set us up here? What's going on in these final chapters? Um, well, Paul is, has been delivered to, he was delivered to Felix, who was mm-hmm. the governor. Um, and, you know, the Jews had this false testimony about him. He stood before Felix and, and he withstood, I guess, the, the questioning mm-hmm. and came out on top. Mm-hmm. But Felix decides to keep him in custody anyways. And when he is reassigned, um, he leaves Paul in custody. And so the next governor who comes along, who is Festus, finds Paul um, in custody, goes through the motions. There's nothing wrong with Paul. He didn't do anything wrong, but he keeps him in custody again. Mm -hmm. And then King Agrippa Agrippa comes along (laughs) and they go through the same motions. Basically, Paul has done nothing wrong, but they keep him imprisoned anyways, um, sometimes just to appease the Jews um, because he has appealed to Caesar, and Mm -hmm. so they're going to have to send him forward. Uh, So that's kind of where we are in chapter 26. The text that we read was um, Paul's response to the response of Agrippa after Mm -hmm. he's given his testimony Mm -hmm. um, that he really wishes that Agrippa would become a Christian. Yeah, well, thanks for that overview. We flew over a lot, and just maybe from that perspective, what what, what are some some superficial, without getting into the actual text, some lessons we can get? I mean, I'm just thinking, like, just from hearing your overview, it's, oh, you know, like... You, you say your thing, and then your, your, your court case is still pending. Mm-hmm. And then, ugh, and you go back on the internet, you look at your case number, pending. And it's like two years, two years, two years. And the conclusion is still pending. Like, mm-hmm. this is kind of, this is, this is rough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even Paul himself, I think, was getting a little bit frustrated um, with the length of time. Yeah. And I know you said don't go to the text, but I'm just recalling, <laughs> no, yeah, like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yep. you know, oh, you. Um, go there. <laughs> the man wants, wants a bribe. He's holding Paul in custody because he wants right. to make a little money off of the dude. Yeah. And Paul's like, 
why do you keep bringing me in for these interviews? Like, mm-hmm. What's the point? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, actually, go, let's go into the text. Let's go to chapter 24. And Callie, can you read verse 10 through 19 for us there? He's going to talk before Felix. 24, 10 through 19. Then Paul, after the governor had nodded to him to speak, answered, Inasmuch as I know that you have been for many years a judge of this nation, I do the more cheerfully answer for myself. Because you may ascertain that it is no more than twelve days since I went up to Jerusalem to worship, and they neither found me in the temple disputing with anyone, nor inciting the crowd, either in the synagogues or in the city, nor can they prove the things of which they now accuse me. But this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, so I worship the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. I have hope in God which they themselves also accept, that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. All right. So, Jared, what's going on here? Like, what are some things we can glean from this passage? One of the things that I glean from this passage is Paul's very respectful Mm -hmm. but direct response. Mm -hmm. He... He has not been treated well. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been treated fairly. You have these false witnesses and accusations and everything mm-hmm. else. And he very clearly comes and says, you know, this is what happened. You're really not going to find any evidence against me. But if we look at, at Paul's discourse and we compare it with verse 2 and 24 verse 2, mm-hmm. um, uh, this is Ananias, the high priest. Tertullus. Tertullus. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, the lawyer against yeah. him. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Tertullus began his accusation saying, seeing that though that through you we enjoy peace and prosperity is being brought to this nation by your foresight, we accept it as always and in all places most noble Felix with all thankfulness. Do you mm-hmm. see what he's doing here? Trying to butter him up. Totally trying to butter this him up. Oily man. It's, just, <laughs> it's greasy. Yeah. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's just kind yeah. of slimy, and yeah. it's just like you think, oh. And I can just see Felix like, all right, all right, all right, dude, like whatevs. Yeah. So Paul comes, and I don't know. He's straightforward. He's respectful. He's not disrespectful, even though he's probably very frustrated with the situation. But just with, I think, Christian clarity and mm-hmm. showing him respect, but not trying to manipulate him mm-hmm. into something. Well, in verse 4, it says, Nevertheless, uh, not to be tedious to you any further, <laughs> like, <laughs> I beg but I beg you. to bear by your courtesy. Like, you know, I don't know why asked. I did the British accent, but it just comes out that way. <laughs> Very formal. Um, and then, like you said, contrasting that to, let's see, verse 10, mm-hmm. it says that I do more cheerfully answer for myself. Like, he's just kind of... He's nice, yeah. uh, but he's straightforward. He I'm doesn't have all this, this extravagance associated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. awesome. Any, any other observations that you see in that, that passage? You and he talks about the way, right, yes. in verse 14. This mm-hmm. I confess to you that according to the way which they call a sect. And it's interesting, verse 22, when Felix, I'm kind of jumping, we hadn't read that, but no, when Felix good. said these things, he knew about the way. Mm-hmm. So Paul, in being direct, he's not ashamed to, to say that he is part of this way, i.e. he's part of the Christian movement. He's not ashamed to say it. And Felix, who has had exposure to this, he recognizes what Paul is talking about. And it actually comes as, as to bolster what he has been saying. Mm-hmm. It makes me think about when we're called to answer for our actions sometimes, um, like in, in 
work situation or in a classroom situation, sometimes why do you do the things that you do? And there, there may be times when we feel afraid to speak forthrightly about the reason for why we act the way, the way that we do. Mm -hmm. I don't drink alcohol because I am of the way, right? Mm -hmm. I, I believe what the Bible says. Or I don't speak a certain way, I don't cuss because, you know, and, and sometimes we, we end up doing a discredit to our faith and we miss an opportunity to actually help somebody else make a decision to follow mm -hmm. Christ because we were abashed mm -hmm. in the way that we presented the reasons for why mm -hmm. we are the way we are. I think that balance is, for me is found in chapter 24, verse, 20, uh, verse 16. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I just love this balance that he has in verse 16. This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. And it's that balance like, hey, between you and me, uh, Felix, I want my conscience to be clean, mm -hmm. but really also at the end of the day, I want my conscience between me and God to be clean. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's just a great vertical and a horizontal, uh, what is it, test or a marker or a metric, if you will, to make sure your conscience is clean on those mm -hmm. two, yeah. two axes. You see in sure. that phrase, you hear echoes of the words of Jesus mm -hmm. and our responsibility to God and man. You hear mm -hmm. echoes of the mm -hmm. Ten Commandments, our responsibility to God and mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. And, what, and what, what Paul was saying here it struck a chord, chord with Felix because afterwards he wants Paul to be heard by his wife. Mm. It's like, you know, in verse 24 of chapter 24, he wants, he says... This is Felix's wife, not Felix's Paul's wife. wife yeah. mm -hmm. right? <laughs> like, yeah. He calls Drusella, who was Jewish, mm -hmm. to come and hear um, Paul. And I keep jumping the gun. Well, then, hey, let's, let's, actually, let's go there and read it. <laughs> verse 24. After some days when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith of Jesus. Now, as he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and answered, Go away for now. For when I have a convenient time, I will call for you. Meanwhile, he also hoped that money would be given him by Paul, that he might release him. Therefore, he sent him, sent for him more often and conversed with him. Mm -hmm. But after two, oh, um, let's stop there. So what's going on? That, that he, what Paul was saying was striking a chord with him to the extent that he wanted his wife to hear mm. for herself. Mm -hmm. And in this moment, I feel like in verse 25, when he says, go away for now, this was an opportunity for him to make a decision. Mm. But he offs he puts making the decision far off. He's like, you know, come back at a more convenient time. Mm -hmm. Come back later. I'm not ready to take that stand right now. I'm not ready to, to decide right now. And he says he kept calling Paul to come in mm -hmm. with an ulterior motive to try and get a bribe out of him. And he missed an opportunity to make a decision that would change his life for eternity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I'm seeing here that spirituality and spirit-filledness has a very, as a temporal component to it. Sometimes, and maybe this gets a little bit too philosophical, but we think of spirituality as timeless, and it's mm -hmm. just this other ethereal world thing. And you know, I can just kind of put this on pause, and later, later I can I'll experience it, it exactly the same way. Mm -hmm. But what yeah. you're saying here is there's kind of an almost an expiration date. Like there was a window of opportunity, mm -hmm. and not because God puts a window of opportunity, but in our own lives. Like mm -hmm. the more that I reject truth, the less likely I am to accept it in the, the future. circumstances yeah. of my spiritual change to that. Okay? Right. It's true. That's a heart condition. And as we resist God, the heart becomes hardened and it becomes less responsive. I don't know if any of you bake, but if you <laughs> mess... <Do> you? <laughs> I do a okay. little bit, All yeah. Right. So if you mess, oh. I can remember the I can remember the first pie that I ever baked. I got yes. the recipe from my grandma, and I'm like the dough. I'm continuing to work it, and it didn't look like her crust. So I worked it again, and then I worked it again, and that thing came out it it so 
hard. Tough. Yeah. Mm. Right. Mm. Just thinking of like. Anyway, overworking the dough. Overworking Over, dough. Yeah, and I don't know how really that connects, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, a, there's a window of opportunity. There's a window the of opportunity. Yeah, so so right. you don't. I guess you don't want to. You don't want to linger too long, right? You want to. It's not a good yeah. pie anymore. Make your decision. Yeah, everything right? but, has a time and a place, yeah. and now's a good time to take a break, and we'll come back <laughs> after the break and see what the spiritual information is in this text for this time. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Oh, this is great timing. Uh, you, you've joined us at the right time and the right place, the right channel. And uh, we're here listening to, to Jared about his, <laughs> his, his pies. Uh, yeah, let's, I let's, first wanted a piece of pie, but after this, I don't know if I Yeah, would. no, no. Yeah, just talking about the, the hardening of the heart mm. um, over time. And um, for um, our dude Felix here. So if we don't experience here, the Holy Spirit at the right time, there are experiences in our life that harden us just like overworking of the dough, yeah. and it makes us a, an unpleasant yeah. experience. Yeah, continuing to resist, okay. it, it, it lessens our opportunity to respond in the future. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, you, t- you mentioned something about having a shelf life. Felix says in verse 25 that he would call for Paul when there was a more convenient season. Mm-hmm. So obviously, under conviction, he's bringing his, his wife in to hear. Mm-hmm. He's listening. He thinks this is interesting. But when conviction comes to his heart, he resists and says, I'll make a decision on this later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the reality is the convenient season that, that he wanted never came. came. Mm-hmm. There's regime change. He's out. Festus is in. And that opportunity to have a deeper conversation with Paul and actually let Paul shepherd him into a deeper understanding of faith and experience there's no record of that in Scripture. It's scary. This definitely yeah. happens at you know the beginning of our experience. He wasn't a Christian yet, and so mm-hmm. he kind of missed the wind of opportunity to become one. Mm-hmm. But I think this still happens to us even after we're Christians. Mm-hmm. There are opportunities where God wants to deepen our experience, and we're like, I appreciate that, Lord. I feel the conviction, but not right now. I'm busy with school. Mm-hmm. I'm busy with this job. I'm busy with this thing right now. And I mean, just very, very practical of like, I don't have time. I have to go to class now. Mm-hmm. Or for me, like, I have to go to work now and teach my students. You want me I teach my students, right, Jesus? You can parent. You can, like, you care about my students. So I know we need to have this in-depth conversation, Lord, but I don't have time right now. Yeah. Um, and so we think we'll have more time. For me, right, it's the, uh, the summertime. The summertime, I'll have more time. And I do stuff for the summer, too. Yeah. So there's never this perfect ideal, I can just be spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> there's Real life is always there. And it's just not even the important things. <clears throat> I think in, in our day and in culture today, mm-hmm. that we've got unimportant things that take over our time. So oh, sure. we think, I can't be spiritual because I got, oh, notification came up. And I, let me, oh, Absolutely. got an email going. I got, oh, let me download the latest, whatever, whatever. And we're just so boggled down with the unimportant, menial mm-hmm. things that bombard our life See, that the opportunity never comes. Right, and, so can, and the thing I think the thing that procrastination demonstrates is what we value. Mm. And even though it's not what I would say I value, it becomes what we value. So if I value checking my Facebook notifications over spending time with my family, 
that becomes what I value more. Mm. Even though I would say I love my family more than I love Facebook, but in reality, the way that I invest my time... It proves otherwise. Right. It, it demonstrates... I, I come to value Facebook more because I choose to prioritize right. spending time in that. Okay. And so procrastination... Um, it becomes a way of organizing our value system in our lives. Mm -hmm. And in this way, like with what Kelly's saying, not just necessarily with at the beginning of our Christian walk, but throughout our lives, the question becomes, what do I choose mm. to do first? Because mm -hmm. yeah. time will never make itself. I need to mm. make time for the things that are important to me. Absolutely. And if I don't intentionally do it, I'll end up valuing things that in my right mind, I wouldn't say I value. Mm -hmm. I, I want to ask you a little question because this has always been confusing. Sorry, Kelly, but I got to get to this question. In verse 25, now as he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and judgment to come. So you have an opportunity here to give a Bible study to the governor of the country, yes? And so he's giving a Bible study about righteousness. That makes sense. What's right, what's godly, what's holiness. He's giving a Bible study about judgment, which makes sense that there's a God that exists. He's giving a, uh, a Bible study like, hey, you're going to be called to, to give a, a reason for your actions, yeah? Mm -hmm. But what in the world is self-control, or the King James calls it temperance, Yeah. Why is he talking about temperance to him? You I have an opportunity to talk to governor and like, by the way, you want to make sure you only have one piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> what, I think what? he involves it because it's practical. It's practical. And it's day-to-day. Because, -day. I mean, righteous, righteousness is practical in Christ's judgment. There's, there's implications there. But it's kind of like, so these are these spiritual realities that exist. I just want you to be informed about this. Mm -hmm. Good talk. Mm -hmm. But self-control is like you need to surrender to the spirit of God in your day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. So he's bringing, again, Paul's just an excellent evangelist of I'm going to bring this home to you why you need to understand this in your personal mm -hmm. walk. And Roman society was very indulgent well, and sure. not only just society in general but, but he occupied a place of position so he had all of the luxuries of the day yeah. at his disposal mm -hmm. so I'm guessing Paul probably appealed to him on that basis. One of those three things he was convicted on, and so the next reaction is Felix was afraid. Mm -hmm. Whether it was the cake, or whether it was uh, doing something bad, or there's a judgment, he's like, uh, let's mm -hmm. talk later. And, yeah. and we do that too, as we've discussed. Let's move forward to the next person. In chapter 26, verse 27, uh, Festus succeeds Felix. In chapter 25, verses 9 through 10, in comes Festus. So, Siku, can you read 9 through 12 for us? 25 verse 9. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. um, but Festus, wanting to do the Jews a favor, answered Paul and said, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and there be judged before me concerning these things? So Paul said, I stand at Caesar's judgment seat, where I ought to be judged. To the Jews I have done no wrong, as you very well know. For, I am an, uh, for if I am an offender or have committed anything deserving of death, I do not object to dying, but... If there is nothing in these things of which these men accuse me, no one can deliver me to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with the council, answered, You have appealed to Caesar, to Caesar you shall go. Okay, is Paul playing politics here? Is he, is he, is he interweaving or is he looking at the spiritually or what's, what's going on here? I just think he wants to go to Rome. He like to to Rome. he wants to be a witness there. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like you just want to bypass all this nonsense. Like, okay, like we've talked about this. I've been here for years. We're, I'm just going playing the trump card yeah. and mm -hmm. I'm just going all the way to Caesar so mm -hmm. I can go. He's, mm -hmm. if, if you look at the, pr the previous account here with Felix, <laughs> There's a lot of dilly-dallying. He's in and out of the chamber and so forth. Um, Festus doesn't play any games. Mm. You know, he says in verse 5, he's like, let's go down there and check it out. Boom. Paul responds, all right, you ready to go to Jerusalem? And, mm. and it boom, now things start moving very quickly. And um, 
I don't know, maybe in the same way that in the preaching of the judgment kind of blew uh, Felix's mind a little bit. Paul's been sitting, waiting, regime change, boom, things are getting real. And I don't know if I think Paul wants to go back to yeah. Jerusalem. He would rather appeal to the Supreme Court, as it were, and that's what he does. You know, someone who's really playing, um, well, you see here, go to chapter 24, verse 27. And the last part says, Felix, wanting to do a, the Jews a favor, mm-hmm. left Paul unbound. And then compare that to chapter 25, verse 9. Mm-hmm. But Festus, wanting <laughs> to do the Jews a favor. you got two different Why regimes here. But everyone's trying to like appease to the Jews. And then this guy, his status is pending because they want to, they're playing politics here. Yep. Um, let's skip down to chapter 25, verse 23. We're jumping around here. There's a lot of parts we want to get to. Uh, verse 23 to 26-ish. And Jared, can you read that for us? <laughs> yeah. So the next day when Agrippa and Bernice had come with great pomp and had entered the auditorium with the commanders and the prominent men of the city at Festus' command, Paul was brought in. And Festus said, King Agrippa and all the men who are here present with us, you see this man about whom the whole assembly of the Jews petitioned me, both at Jerusalem and here, crying out that he was not fit to live any longer. But when I found that he had committed nothing deserving of death and that he himself had appealed to Augustus, I decided to send him. I have nothing certain to write to my Lord concerning him. Therefore, I have brought him out before you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after the examination has taken place, I may have something to write. For it seems to me unreasonable to send a prisoner and not to specify the charges against him. Yeah, what yeah, are some observations why. you guys see that's here, Kelly? I just, I think talking to pa- yourself. Talk, talk to us. Talk to us. I'm irritated. <laughs> he's just passing off responsibility. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, so help me out because I want to write something. What you can't write something yourself? Like yeah. he's just. But again, it goes back to what we already talked about. Like he's trying to do a favor, so he's just not. And so similar mm. to the narrative of Jesus. Everyone's just passing the buck, passing the buck, passing the buck. I mean, He's innocent, but this is politically inconvenient, so mm-hmm. passing the buck. Yeah, yeah, it literally says Pilate, because he was fearing a tumult, like, scourged Jesus. Yeah. That's why he did it. But he mm-hmm. knew, yeah, I'm yeah. frustrated. I'm, I'm, I, I see the contrast in verse 23. There's great pomp. And mm. you see the auditorium commanders and the prominent of the men's city. And everyone's just, this is, there's a populism here. Yeah. And Paul really doesn't care about that stuff. Right. Yeah. Siku? Um, I was, was going to, Say, okay, I keep jumping the gun in this no, episode. No, it's okay. Keep going. <laughs> because the great pomp is, if you contrast that with the way that Paul um, talks about his, how he even begins his testimony in chapter 26. Mm-hmm. Um, in verse 2, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I answered for myself before you concerning things which are accused of by the Jews. It doesn't seem like a pompous you know, approach or uh, pretentious like Tertullus who we read about in chapter 24. Just straightforward, plain and simple. And then he goes on to to speak to Agrippa very directly. And he kind of speaks to his heart because he says, Agrippa, you know, you know about the customs of the Jews, right? Mm -hmm. You know this stuff. And let me tell you something. You can ask these guys who are accusing me. They know that I was Jew of the Jews, right? Like Mm -hmm. I was... Like above, I was the poster boy. Right, yeah. right, and he's like, and you of all people, Agrippa, know what that means, mm-hmm. right? And so, the the way that he speaks to Agrippa, who comes in with great pomp, 
Agrippa's this big deal, but Paul isn't intimidated by that. That's the word I was looking for in all yeah. this. He isn't <laughs> so, intimidated by the pomp. Paul gives his, his testimony a third time here, third yeah. time it's recorded, and the response in chapter 26, verse 24, is that now, as he thus made his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are you're beside yourself. Much learning is driving you mad. Cali, give me verse 25 onwards. But he said, I'm not mad, most noble Festus, but speak the words of truth and reason. For the king, before whom I also speak freely, knows these things. For I'm convinced that none of these things escaped his attention, since this was not done in a corner. <laughs> Sorry, okay. Verse 27, Siku. She's battling the laughter. Verse 27. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you do oh, we're believe. we're getting serious here. Verse 28. Wow. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. So close. C can I just jump yeah, in here? Go for it. Paul calls this guy's bluff. <laughs> he calls him on the carpet and he's, you know, he's like, you're crazy. And he says, listen, my friend, you know I'm not crazy, number one. And you're an informed person. You, you're, you're an authority. You know yeah. the customs. You know the history. You read the newspaper. Could you have missed all of this stuff? Yeah. Like in the context of, of his testimony, the persecution and transformation and, and all of these things, um, he calls him out. Yeah. He's appealing to him. And the response is, you're, you're almost, almost talking me into yeah. this thing, Paul. Yeah. It's yeah. the heart, Paul's heart of an evangelist, mm -hmm. you know, just reaching out and, and, and seeing through the hardened defense of this civil authority and, and probing at the man's mm -hmm. conscience. Mm -hmm. Cal? I just see the contrast with what he's saying. So King Agrippa, he's, he is clearly convicted, clearly, mm -hmm. but it's like almost. But I contrast that with actually Paul's experience, which mm -hmm. he just recounted. And you go back to verse 19 of chapter 26. Mm -hmm. It says, therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Mm -hmm. After he just recounted everything that Jesus did, which disrupted his entire world. Mm. You're literally doing the exact opposite of what God wants you to do, mm. but he was obedient to that disruptive truth. Mm -hmm. So the question to King Agrippa, are you going to are you going to obey this disruptive truth that I've just brought to your attention? Mm -hmm. And his answer is not really, not quite. You almost convinced me, but no. Mm -hmm. And so I see King Agrippa, I'm like, this guy, you know, need to get his life together. But for me and for us, like, are we willing to obey the disruptive truth that God brings to our attention? Mm -hmm. Even if we're like a pompous king mm -hmm. and this random captive comes to us and brings us the truth, mm -hmm. are we willing to obey it? You see yeah. these three reactions of these kings here. One that's passing the buck. And he's, he's pushing, he's procrastinating. You have another guy who's filled with all the pomp and the circumstance, and he's, he's trying to appeal to the, the king here, and mm -hmm. he's trying to win all these points. And then you have King Agrippa at the end. He's like, I'm there. I'm, I'm almost convinced, but I'm just not going to choose. Mm -hmm. And this is a warning for all of us. It's a warning for all of you out there. Maybe you have something you need to make right with the Lord. Maybe something you need to make right with someone else out there. And you can't procrastinate. You can't be enamored with the pomp and circumstance of the world. And you can't be like, well, I, I know this is right, but I'm just not going to do anything. I really encourage you to get on your knees and, and offer a prayer to the Lord mm -hmm. and say, Lord, help me to do what is right. Make a right decision for the Lord. And that's going to be my prayer. It's going to be the prayer for my panelists here. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us here on Inverse. We'll see you next week on our final episode here in the Book of Acts. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. 
Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.